Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweid & Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweid & Sons and Brad Garoon from BurgerWeekly.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. This is uh, Rev Ciancio from Schweid & Sons. I'm joined by uh, my co-host, Brad from Burger Weekly. How are you, Brad? Hey, man, I'm good. Uh, I am starving right now. I missed breakfast. Oh, how do you miss? How does one miss breakfast? When one forgets to set their alarm and wakes up at eight forty and must be at work by nine and lives well over twenty minutes away from work, one misses breakfast. The Brad from Burger Weekly does not have snacks uh, stashed in his desk or in his bag, or you know, it was actually really foolish. I, I have a, a giant thing of coconut oil, although I don't use it to eat; I use it for skin. And I <laughs> had a, a big thing of turkey jerky that I've been saving, but I, I, I just didn't think about it in my panic this morning. Uh, I uh, I personally keep a uh, a thing of mixed nuts in my desk for just such an occasion. Uh, there's nothing like. You see, the, my problem is like I have no portion control, and so if there was a thing of anything in my desk, it'd be gone the day that I put it there. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of portion control, where which uh, which burger have you recently lost your portion control with? So this this is interesting too because you, uh, this is where I wish that humans were more like bears because I had a giant dinner last night capped off by a burger and it, it did not stay with me till now. Uh, but that? I went to a place called The Leopard on the Upper West Side, not too far from Lincoln Center. It's a southern Italian restaurant that also serves a burger topped with smoked mozzarella, and Ooh. it was out of control good. That sounds yeah. awesome. By the time this goes up, there will definitely be expli- not expletive, what is it? an exaggeration. Not exaggeration. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but a very, <laughs> a very uh, complimentary review of the restaurant on BurgerWeekly.com. Will be exuberant? It's totally exuberant. <laughs> How about you? Where have you eaten a good burger lately? Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I live and work in, in the uh, the new jiggity, as I like to call it. And uh, out, out here, there's a concept that's still alive and well that seems to have died off a little bit in Manhattan. It's called the diner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a diner up the street from our office called the Candlewick. And you would never know about it. It was not on anybody's top 10 list. It's not on a major road. I mean, it's literally just a diner in a neighborhood. Uh, but they have an entire page of their menu that's just burgers. Now, I know you're like, listen, most diners have a page of burgers, but these are not any ordinary burgers. It's not just like, yeah, this is onions or cheese or whatever. They have all kinds of crazy toppings, uh, and I got one called the Smokehouse with uh, caramelized onions, barbecue sauce, cheddar cheese, bacon on a uh, pretzel roll, and, you know, I expect a Jersey Diner burger to be pretty good, but this one was this one was. Uh, I hate to say off the chains and have you think that I'm just being exuberant, uh, but it was really good. It was a hearty, hearty lunch. Uh, I ate with some waffle fries and some cheese dipping sauce, and let me tell you, the rest of the day was just about ruined for a good reason. <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. I mean, everything but the food coma, because you know what a food coma is good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you don't save any energy. You wake up and you feel groggy, and there just needs – you know what? I'm I'm pro drugs now. I want there to be a drug to combat the food coma, so I can eat what I want and not feel like crap the rest of the day. The, the anti food coma drug, I think that's called Five Hour Energy. I no, that's gross. I want something that's not that and not cocaine. I want something like that a doctor will give me and I feel okay about. We'll have to work on that. Hey, 
Today we are joined by Julie Zucker. She is the Director of Marketing and Promotions at Branded Restaurants. And as you're about to find out, that title really does not do justice for all the things uh, that Julie has to do in her day and overseas. Brandon Restaurants owns a number of different uh, restaurant concepts at a number of different locations in New York City. Uh, Big Daddy's is one, Duke's is another, and City Crab uh, is the third. And so she has to spend all day thinking and marketing. And, and well, as you're about to find out, everything is for three different restaurants with six different stores. Julie, hi. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you for the wonderful introduction. God, God bless. That's, a, that's a something I'm going to put on my resume one day. Good at introductions on podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. So a little known fact about, about Julie before we get into too, too deep here is that you are a semi-professional equestrian. So how does a uh, how does a semi-professional equestrian end up in a marketing and promotions role for restaurants? Uh, you know, I've never really thought of that tie-in, but I suppose one could say that growing up I was always a person who liked to do multiple activities and multiple, multiple tasks. So in addition to a full day at school and after school activities, um, I was a horseback rider and it taught me at a young age responsibility, which then brings back to my current responsibility roles at work, um, as well as, um, you know, great multitasking my, at that time, school life versus personal life versus horseback riding, and now multitasking everything I have to do for six restaurants on a daily basis. So what's a typical day managing six restaurants on a daily basis? Um, well, what's cool about all of our restaurants is that we all have, they all have really different demographics. Even Big Daddy's, for instance, is one concept, but in three locations in the city. So how I have to market and promote and even talk about Big Daddy's on the Upper West Side will differ slightly than, let's say, Park Avenue or the Upper East Side. Um, but it's also... You know, something big could be going on at Big Daddy's, and we could have four events happening, but at the same time, City Crab's menu needs to get done, and that's a huge priority. And then at the same time, I'm having a barbecue and bourbon dinner at Duke's that needs artwork and needs social media love. So, well, every store always seems to have something that's number one on the list, and it's really about managing, you know, to make everyone feel number one and get everything done in a timely manner. So how do you how do you keep yourself organized uh, when your priorities are so different across different uh, mediums? A lot of post-it notes and to-do lists. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> yes, for sure. Because um, then I just love it. Because then I'll just throw them in the trash when I'm done with each post-it note. Um, but I think it's you know I, I I do think anyone in a role like this really needs to have a unique ability to multitask. And listen, I'm not perfect. Sometimes things fall off the bus. But you know, at the end of the day, if a menu can't be printed in time for a five o'clock dinner service, that does take precedent um, than posting hey, a few seats left for our bourbon dinner tomorrow that's not sold out yet versus, um, you know, an event that's happening three hours after the dinner menu at City Crab needs to be posted. It's kind of, all right, well, at what time does what need to happen first kind of dictates where I focus my energy. How do you, uh, how do you change all those hats without losing momentum? I think that, you know, it, it is the restaurant industry and things do change all the time. And for instance, with social media, you know, four years ago when I started here, there was no Instagram. Um, and uh, now it's all about Instagram and, you know, now it's Facebook advertising. So I think that it, it's an industry where things are always changing. There's new specials every single day. Um, so it's easy to 
kind of get really involved and excited over new things, even in a job that, you know, I've been with for four years now. So did that answer the question? I don't think it did. I think I lost track. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you bring up a good point, uh, you know, having a balance between things that have always worked and, and trying new things. What's an example of something you find that, like, works every time or works really well every time you use it in terms of marketing? Um, I actually do a really cool contest every year, and I've done it for the last four years. Uh, the day after Super Bowl for our restaurant concept, Dukes, I send out an email blast saying, if you want to win free wings for an entire year, guess how many wings were sold on Super Bowl Sunday. And I think this example is more of the, the idea of this contest works, um, even though the mediums have changed. So, for instance, the first year I just sent an email blast, and I said, comment with your answers on Facebook, and the closest answer wins. So we have about 20,000 people on our Duke's mailing list. I would say we have a 15% open rate, which is great for that number. Um, and then based on that, I think the first year I had like 300 some comments on Facebook. Rev, I think you were one of the people who commented too, if I'm not mistaken. I did not win. I did yeah, not win. You didn't win, but I remember seeing your name there. And um, then additionally, I pick the winner who's whoever's closest, and then I'll comment on that comment and say, hey, you know, you're all winners. Email me separately, you know, to get another gift card to come back. Um, so, and I think another 50 people went back to check and wrote me back, and it was it was like, wow. So, you know, we have like over 300 people double-click on an email, go to Facebook, log in, make a post, and then come back and check. Um, and now, talking about how things are changing, we've then moved that to Instagram. And then the interesting thing about moving it to Instagram was that by using hashtags, we got to have people we didn't even know or probably people who didn't even know Dukes who just like looked up the hashtag wings or Super Bowl or barbecue get in on the guessing. And, and I think that day, uh, in those two days, we got 100-something more followers on Dukes' Instagram. So. Wow. So on a day where everybody has it off to uh, watch a game and eat wings and have a good time, you are tied hard into uh, social media, your phone, a computer, working it. Yep, and all I have to do is give one person free wings for a year. <laughs> and believe it or not, the, the people who win never take advantage. Really? Yeah. I think it's difficult to eat all those wings. Yeah, well, you know, we do the restrictions. You can't share with anyone. You, you know, it doesn't include tax and tip. But... So it's a bit of a lonely wing experience. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can come with friends. They just can't eat one of your wings. Sure. How did you go about building such a big mailing list for, for your restaurant chain? Um, I, when I first started working here, inherited uh, a, the very, a big list. I don't exactly remember. Um, I think when I started, it was under 15,000. But um, the program we use for our email marketing is called Fishbowl. Um, and in the restaurant industry, as everyone knows, the old school term was literally fishbowls that you pass around and collect people's cards. Um, so we have something that we actually call fishbowl cards, and it's put in every single check presenter. Um, and we do encourage everyone who comes in to let us know about their experience and leave us their email address. Um, and if so, we will then add them to our insiders club, not our mailing list. Um, and then they receive 15% off their next visit and a free meal on their birthday. Mm. So I think that it's one thing to just leave your email, but another thing to be like, oh, I'm going to get 15% off. That's really cool. Um, and we also do contests every week. The server who collects the most fishbowl cards each week gets a prize. You do that across all three restaurants? Across all six restaurants. Oh, excuse actually. me, across all six. Yeah. I mean, City Crab is our, um, you know, more... 
fine dining restaurant, um, but still we do it across all the restaurants. So explain, explain for me how, so how does Fishbowl work? I'm a customer, and, and so what's my experience? Um, on the back end, you leave us your email. Um, you know that when you sign up, you're joining our club, and you're getting 15% off, um, and then you're added to our list. You automatically, as soon as your name is added, get an email saying, hey, thanks for joining the club. Here's 15 off. Um, and then on your birthday, you'll get a free entree. Um, and then throughout the year, you know, I, it's hard to spam in a, in a restaurant world. Like there's no, you know, featured posts as you'll see with more product-driven companies. Um, so really, the only time I send emails are when we're giving things away, or we're having super cool events, or we're having discounts. Um, so I really, we don't really spam people. I like to say we just send you free things. <laughs> God bless. And so Fishbowl manages not only the email portion of that, but also the customer uh, management? Fishbowl, uh, there's two ways. Uh, we, we send in the envelopes each month, so they will automatically upload all the customers' email addresses, so we actually don't have to do that. But um, all of the emails are stored on Fishbowl, and then I'm the one who actually designs all the email blasts and sends it out. So we send our email blasts out through their platform. But the only thing they really manage is just typing in. They have, you know, I guess a few employees who just sit there and type in names and email addresses. So what? So, so it's, I'm a customer. Like I write my email on a card, and that card gets mailed to Fishbowl, and then they enter it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Is it expensive? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I know there's a lot of other companies out there who do the same thing, so I guess expensive is relative, but I don't know the competition, so I don't know what relative to. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't think it's a couple, you know, a couple, few cents here and there, which in the long run of building a database of 20,000 people is, is money well spent. You know, you got to spend money to make money, right? Yeah, I've got database envy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if, I, if I'm, go ahead. No, well, we do do some, you know, we make it known via email that, hey, our sister restaurant, City Crab and Big Daddy is, uh, so we do encourage people to go cross-promote and cross check out our other restaurants when we can. <laughs> can you, does Fishbowl allow you to analyze your lists against each brand? Um, we're able to analyze them within, like, our three big daddies. Um, we can analyze who signs up from our east side location, west side, versus grammar state. But, you know, I actually haven't asked them if I can analyze between the concepts. Thank you. That's a great idea, and I'm going to write that on a post-it note right now <laughs> to make I sure I ask them. I see this being to add to a large, like, pastel-colored wall. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, I'd be curious to see, like, oh, who's the uh, the branded restaurant's power user? You know, like, they're a fan of, of all three of your concepts. You know, it's actually funny because I'll know that um, based on people's reviews. <laughs> So, you know, I'm the one who also, I read every single review for every one of our restaurants on every single review site there is. Um, and, you know, um, a lot of people do think that's a job to kind of pass along. That's probably one of the more important things I do. Um, just because, again, like, you know, the only way we're going to learn and grow it is to get feedback from our customers. But bringing it back to your question, I'll see people write the exact same comment but slightly changed from City Crab to Big Daddy's to Dukes. So, like, you like after a while, you get, like, the tones, and, and you know what the people say, and and uh, so I've kind of figured out my super users through their reviews, actually. 
Brad, she she's caught you, Brad. She knows that there is no burger at City Crab. Ah. <laughs> well, she knows. Um, Actually, we have four burgers at City Crab. Really? Really? Yes. We have a tuna burger. Not we a burger. have a salmon burger. Not a burger. We have a lobster burger. Not a burger. And we have a regular burger, which oh, we call the steak burger. So we do have a burger. And it's wonderful. It's delicious. I'll have to come by and try it out. Yes. What's the, uh, Sorry, go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. I say you may not know the answer to this question, Julie, but what is the percentage of sales on your menu for burgers at City Crab? Just beef, just beef. Just beef. That's interesting. Well, let's see how well I can multitask and pull up my uh, food <laughs> tracking program while I'm talking to you guys to uh, <laughs> see if so I can you, figure that out. So, what do you use to track food then? We use a company called Avero. Um, and Avero connects with our micros, which is our point of sale. Um, and I can literally click a button and say, you know, show me, you know, everyone in the last year who ordered a burger, and I'll, it'll pull up that number. And, you know, tr food tracking programs are incredible useful information, especially when it comes to menu development. And, you know, there's always, you hear those stories of people going to restaurants, oh, they got rid of my favorite dish. But, you know, most likely the restaurant got rid of your favorite dish because you were the only one eating it. So, um, you know, that that information is power. Um, and, and always when we like to look and see if, you know, if we should change up our menu, we, we look to see what's our best-selling pastas, what's our best-selling um, burgers, and we'll adjust based upon that. But lucky for us, uh, for Big Daddies and Dukes, actually, we don't really need to change menu that often because... All of our food sells pretty steady. There, there, obviously, there's a few favorites here and there, but um, our customers seem to like everything that we offer. <laughs> so uh, it sounds to me, Julie, like you guys are extremely data-driven. Would that apply to like everything from customer service to menu ideation to social media management? Are you? Is it sort of reflected in all parts of the business? For sure. I mean, I wouldn't say it's all as one whole encompassed um, everything, you know, comparing social, comparing food, comparing this. Um, but, yeah, data's huge. Um, again, it's just even looking at social media. Like, we, for Big Daddies, for example, launch our flavor of the month. Um, every year we do a every year every month we do a special pancake and a special milkshake. Um, and I usually always launch it two days before I send out an email. And I really love seeing how many customers come into the restaurant and order it just based on the fact that they saw it on social media as opposed to literally, you know, getting an email blast. And, you know, we'll get about, like, 12 or 15 customers per store coming in and asking for them. So, um, and social media is really tricky to, you know, unless you have a coupon code and you're a retailer, to gauge how many people are coming from social media. And, you know, it's important. You want to post every day. And, you know, we advertise on Facebook now and we boost our posts. And, hey, 200 people liked my picture, but did that really do anything? Did that convert to sales? You don't really know. So if you guys know any social media analytics that actually let you know who liked you and then stepped foot in your restaurant, please let me know. <laughs> well, when we, when we started planting chips and folks through Facebook, we'll know for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, speaking of your social media, I'm looking at like uh, all, all the brands, Instagrams and Twitters, and, and everything seems very even across all three brands. You've got, you're not like posting a ton for Dukes and ignoring Big Daddy and City Crab. Uh, do you find ever that 
one of the brands gets more attention than the others and it causes problems? I know a lot of people who manage multiple brands find themselves favoring one over the other. Um, no, I, I love all my brands and I treat them all equally. I don't have a favorite, um, <laughs> at least when it comes to social media. But uh, yeah, we, have a, we plan our social media schedule. I plan my marketing schedule out right now. I'm working on October. Um, wow. and, and through that, I have my social media calendars based into that as well. So I really always do have a gist of what's going to be posted. Um, I do have two interns, one of whom's full-time job as an intern with me is just doing the posting. Um, so I'll let her know, hey, you know, this is coming up. It's the World Cup. Um, these are the days of the game. So, you know, there's some things you can't plan in advance, like... Obviously, we all anticipated Team USA being in the World Cup Finals, but um, hooray, they actually are. So that's a case where you have to just know what's going on in the world and event-wise um, and food-wise and be able to just patch that into our social media. But So we do have a post scheduled every single day for City Crab, Big Daddies, and Dukes on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then, like, for instance, we had a wine dinner at City Crab on Tuesday, and, you know, that day there were three posts because we posted, you know, our regular morning post, um, and then I posted, quote-unquote, live from the wine dinner. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's important to, because even though I know that they're my three brands, um, people who follow Dukes are completely different than the people who follow City Crab and Big Daddies, vice versa. So are you are you pre-writing the posts or you're coming up with the theme on the spot? Like how's how's that how's that work? Um, a lot of posts are the the posts that are just about certain foods are um, predetermined. Like for instance, at Big Daddy's, we do have half off mac and cheese every single Monday. So you know we like to regram customers who post pictures of mac and cheese. So there is that. I know it's going to be some type of mac and cheese Monday post, um, and you know. I like to, I like to, because we have a lot of followers, I like to, you know, it's going to be Mac and Cheese Monday, but say something about the customer. Like, wow, this customer took her Mac and Cheese to the next level by adding buffalo chicken. Like, how cool. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, the trick of writing the same thing every week, but changing it up a little bit so you don't have people cashing on to what you're doing. <laughs> Do you work with par uh, partners or influencers on any of the brands? Um, I have actually recently reached out to a few influential uh, Instagram uh, block. What, what would you call them? Influential Instagrammers, um, mm -hmm. and trying to just figure out a way to maybe even do Instagram takeovers. Um, and it's really because I see like the accounts that I follow personally will post pictures in in one of the restaurants, specifically Big Daddy's or City Crab, and I'll be like, oh my god, this is so exciting, and you know, kind of just find their information. Um, but luckily, we our food is delicious and picture-worthy, so we do get a lot of the influential Instagrammers coming in on their own without even me having to ask them. It sounds like you, you are involved in literally every aspect of the business. Do you Have you spent any time in the kitchen trying to uh, replate uh, so that it is Instagram-worthy? Oh, boy. <laughs> well... Personally, I am also a very big home cook. Um, there was actually a time when um, I started, always my career was always in marketing and PR, 
Um, but there was a time, and I'm like, all right, well, do I want to go to culinary school? And then I was like, wait, why don't I do marketing for food? And kind of lights went off, and um, everything fell into place from there. But so, yes, um, when I am taking pictures, I'm that girl who, you know, I try and do it before service, but I'm standing on tables, I'm standing on chairs, I'm like holding somebody's iPhone light over my head and having somebody else stand on the ground lifting their camera light. Um, so I don't always necessarily, when it comes to city crab, I don't replate things, but um, for Dukes, we did a photo shoot not too long ago, and we had this really cool bourbon barrel, and I just took the food off the plates and put it on the bourbon barrel, and they made for really great pictures. But, you know, at the same time, then I have the chef saying, hey, that's not how our food is plated. If somebody sees it on social media, they're going to be confused when they get a plate that's not, you know, the way it was like on, on Instagram. So there, there is that fine line between me as a marketer looking for that beautiful shot and then, you know, the chef being like, well, that's not exactly how it looks when a customer gets it and then they're going to complain to me. Mm -hmm. So you really have to find that balance between taking the right shot but not making your food look not the way it's going to be presented. Yeah, it's a that McDonald's problem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so how so. many how many people have to come in and ask that their burger be served on a bourbon barrel before you go get bourbon barrel plates? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, <laughs> well, well, more so we, um, I don't know what the dishes are called. They're like mini cast irons. Um, so that actually, in one of the pictures, we put the burger in a cast iron on the bourbon barrel. We No, we put the burger on a cast iron on the bourbon barrel. Barrel, um, and actually, you know, that's one of people. A few people were like, "Oh, well, you know, that actually looks really nice." So nobody's actually commented on it yet. So that's why I'm still able to post the pictures I post and win the arguments. Uh, challenge, <laughs> yeah. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Are you gonna go into? Oh my God, I know it's gonna happen. You're gonna go into Dukes. You're gonna say, "Well, I saw that it was on a little cast iron," and then I'm gonna get that phone call. I'm blaming you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I've already had my way with your menu, so we're, we're good on that, Tim. Yeah. So what's, what's, what's the most interesting uh, or unique or fun marketing concept you've done with one of the brands to this point? Um, I really, I know I already told the, the Super Bowl uh, story, but still that is, you know, to date one of my all-time favorite things I've ever done. I think it's just because it really incorporates people coming to the restaurant then people reading our emails who are on our Insiders Club, um, and then having them go on social media and interaction. Um, but another thing that I'm really enjoying now, too, um, I guess this is more of a social media front, but now we have over we have over 10,000 likes on Facebook now. Um, and I'm finding that I'm seeing people checking in, and I'll comment and say to them, hey, you know, thanks for coming, you know, send us your pictures. And I'll get people then posting pictures who hadn't done that before. And I'm learning a lot more about our customers um, from literally just having interactions with them. Um, another really cool marketing thing, we had this guy come in maybe like three years ago with a bunch of friends and, and did a wing-off. And, and, and Dukes won that wing-off, and that was really fun. I think I read about that on the internet somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, right? 
God bless. Well, Julius has been really insightful. We uh, we appreciate it. We, we're going to move into the last part of the show here. We ask everybody the same same three questions, and now we're going to ask you, uh, what is your favorite burger from childhood? Oh, my favorite burger from childhood. Um, can I tell you where it was from, too? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Okay. There was this place um, in my town that I grew up called Don's. It was this huge space. It wasn't a diner, but it was just big old American restaurant and when you walk in it was pictures of all the locals who came in eating you know burgers and milkshakes um, and they had a salad bar and I would always go on that salad bar and get the pickles and so I would always get the same plain burger and then I'd go to the salad bar and maybe put a hundred pickles on it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like and, my uh, dream and Rev's nightmare. Yeah, I love pickles. Um, so that's like kind of my memory of that salad bar and eating their pickles on that burger. And what was the best burger you had recently? The best burger I had recently was at oh, where were, I had a surprisingly good burger somewhere. Um, where's the best burger I had recently? Uh, what's it called? Uh, it's either called two five two or two three two. It's two eight two. Two eight two. Yes, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> In 282, I just had a burger there. I, I live in Brooklyn, so um, trying to check out all the burger spots in Brooklyn. But yes, it's great did burger. You get the burger did you get the burger with the uh, chiles on it? I did not. Um, when I'm actually trying a burger for a burger place for a new time, I'm very traditional. I just want a burger, bun, ketchup, and of course pickles. Uh, and sometimes caramelized onions. So my husband's the adventurous burger eater, so I'll take bites of his. <laughs> Oh, you can tell uh, Mr. Zucker that I said the next time you get a 282, you need to get the uh, either the poblanos or the chilies on the burger there. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Julie, the last question we're going to ask today, what is the one piece of advice you would give to somebody in the uh, food marketing business? Know your customers and don't get offended by your chefs. <laughs> oh, can, we, can we elaborate on the uh, don't get offended by your chefs? What do you mean by that? Um, you know, I think it's, I like going back to the whole food plating thing. I, I think it's just one of those things that, you know, when you're a marketer of food and restaurants, you're just trying to think of how to best position the food that you have. So whether that means replating something or, or positioning it differently in a photograph or even being able to, you know, tell chefs because I read all the reviews when there is a problem and there's a constant, you know, not a complaint, but a constant nudge about a certain dish is, is I think that, you know, trying to tell the cooks who make things that it's not personal, um, but really that, you know, you're just trying to look out there for the business. Wow, that's awesome advice. Thanks, Julie. No, my pleasure. Well, I hope you guys will come have some burgers at City Crab Dukes and Big Daddy soon. Yeah, All definitely. three at the same time? Yes. <laughs> we'll do a little marathon. Yeah, I always wanted to do kind of like a whole branded restaurant, progressive meal, started Duke's for, you know, an appetizer and Big Daddy's and for dessert and something at City Crab for a main entree. I think i got to put this together now. Maybe you guys can help me with that. It's a rib special. I always call that the culinary safari. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, Julie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Everyone, make sure you go to Duke's, City Crab, and Big Daddy's, and we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. 
If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidandsons.com slash podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business. Stay hungry.